find the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home and laugh behind the baller. Yo, yo, what's good, ladies and gentlemen? You are tuned in to the number one free game business podcast in the universe and in the metaverse. We are, no cap, a top 10 podcast in 18 countries, and that is without a major studio backing us. Anyways, this is another brand new solo dolo episode of the world famous award winning Behind the Baller podcast coming to you in 12K high definition THX sound brought to you by none other than the captains, a.k.a. the Dust Brothers, Miles Davis and Jordan Winter, a.k.a. the podcast producers of the decade. I am your host, Benjamin Baller, Never Benny Humble, a.k.a. the Korean Ben Mendelssohn, also known as the Wash Lord. When you beat all the other washed-up dads, you face me. I am the final level. Guys, happy Monday. BTB Army, what is really, really, really good, y'all? Man. So what are you guys fake caring about today? Well, let me tell you what you need to be fake caring about, okay? My official bathing ape drop date, as I've told you guys, I mean, as soon as I found out, boom, internet is kind of late on it. You know, we obviously, we drop, not tea, but I drop real shit here, right? For the followers, for the BTB army and all that. My official bathing ape collaboration for Los Angeles is this Saturday, that's May 7th, from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. It will be a full-blown meet and greet. You can bring your baseball cards. I'm basically going to be signing shit. You buy a t-shirt, cool. If you're that lucky to get a t-shirt, you need to pull up, okay? There is a very, very, very limited number of shirts. All right, let me give you an idea. When I drop a release of merch on my website, whether it be the Ben Baller Strain, whether it be bbdtc.com, whether it be collaborations here and there, There's usually a 500 to 1,000 range is what I'm dropping, right, total. So just know that that's pretty rare, okay? So when I say it's really, really, really rare, I can't tell you the exact, you know what I'm saying, number because that's just how BAPE operates and they're, you know, a billion-dollar corporation, billion-dollar company, you know, and there's very few. I can count on one hand, less than one hand, how many billion-dollar true streetwear brands there are. Okay, Supreme is one of them, Bape is one of them, and I can't name any others off the top of my head. That's for the goddamn sure. So to see Ben Baller, to see my logo on a Bape thing is really full circle, you know, dreams coming to fruition and all that shit. Okay, don't know if this New York City thing is going to happen, but I do want to push a, uh, you know, Tokyo flagship thing with the hoodie and other stuff. But if we do do NYC, I doubt there'll be jewelry. Okay, now let me give you guys some really important information. There is only one baby size Ben Baller Bape chain available and one micro size Ben Baller Bape chain. All right, the baby size is $30,000, the micro size is $10,000. Bathing Ape came up with these prices. Okay, I do not control them, I am out of the equation. 
completely. Don't know how much t-shirts are, but I know that vape isn't cheap. And this is, you know, a monumental thing. And I do know this. I can't predict the future. I will tell you the t-shirts are going to sell out very fast. All right. So pull up. I'll be giving some, you know, some merch away. I'll be giving out some Sharpies and some lighters and stickers, which they were trying to charge $25 each, but I'm not letting that to happen. I got stickers. I got, I'll be signing shit, taking pictures. We're going to be chilling. This Saturday, May 7th, from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., I will definitely be gone at 1 p.m. sharp, okay? But I'm going to be there. It's going to be fun. Again, there is one chain each. If you are so anxious and want to make sure that you get one of these chains, then you can hit up ifnco, message, you know, the Instagram page, hit up info at ifnco.com or hit sales at ifnco.com. Um, I do not run either one, the page or the emails but understand that we are lit and it's going to be fun, right? This is a monumental moment for me. You know, this is a big moment for jewelers. This is a big moment for anybody who grew up in the sneaker space and is in there, you know what I'm saying, like swimwear. So the Bathing Ape private event was Thursday night. I couldn't disclose what the snacks could have had, like, you know, random people. Every single person I invited, but like three showed up and one of those people I invited, I actually was hoping didn't come because there's some other people that are actually important. I didn't really ask that there was like static and beef, but you know, I don't know. It was cool. I need to say thank you to Diageo. Um, Diageo is a corporation that owns Captain Morgan. They own um, Guinness. They own Don Julio. They own Casamigos. They own a whole bunch of liquor brands and they sponsored the liquor for the event. I need to uh, thank my lovely um, agent counterpart, Alina. She's fucking uh, godsend right now in, in, the, in these times and uh, these trying times that I'm going through. And, um, you know, it, it was a good event. We had food. You know, it was real chill. It was real nice. It's maybe 40 people. And, you know, it filled it up nice. It was good. I got to see some people and chill and talk. Tiger showed up. Who else showed up? A bunch of people showed up. It was a good time. There was no funny shit. My VIP clients showed up. We took pictures. We chilled. Um, they got to see, you know, the collection. They got to buy. They got the early chance to buy the collab jewelry. The thing I didn't understand was they did not let anybody buy the T-shirts, which was really just the most weirdest thing to me because, you know, it's, I mean, I got a very small, limited, hands full of tees. So it's like, how many people are really important? Like even the, there's, there's people that are more important than the people that showed up that probably need to have this team. It's just like, I, again, I have a dozen of them, you know? So it's like, it is what it is. Go to the event, May 7th, pull up, buy a tea, show up. It'd be worth your while. It'd be lit. It's going to be dope. Um, also going on, on May 7th is our PML Quick Strike. You already know, um, exotic car, come with something. If it ain't exotic, make sure it's luxurious or make sure it is the fastest fucking car that it could beat any current Ferrari, any current Lambo. You got that? You good. People usually pull up in M3s, M5s, and, you know, AMG cars, and that's cool. It's a lot of BMW. There's a lot of M3s, a lot of here and there. And I think that the Quick Strike has definitely shifted more towards mid-level, you know, uh, sports cars, which is fine. Um, we meet up at 5.30 p.m. in Rosemead, California, and we are headed to Koreatown right after. It is an evening quick strike. The only thing is at 5.30, we're still, uh, it's still daylight. So I'll bring in two different pairs of glasses 
and um, I will be pulling up in the Tesla. That is the K-Town Doge Destroyer. Yep, in the plaid. Uh, I am hyped. It'll be fully juiced up. And yeah, uh, this weekend was a uh, very glorious weekend with the exception of some bad food, which I'll explain to that in a second. But Ryder had his first communion. And I'm not Catholic, but um, they are practicing Catholic religion as far as my, my kids go. And more than anything, because my wife and her brother went to Catholic school for most of their lives, it is more so for structure, right? The, the structure and discipline in a, you know, Catholic uh, school and things like that. It just helps, you know, and it is, it's a lot stricter and it's here and there. And of course, people are like, oh, private school, this, private school, that. Look, man, you know, whatever is better for them. You know, public school, we tried it, didn't work. They've only been in private school all their lives. So it's just, it is what it is. So Ryder had his first communion this past weekend. It was a lovely event. It was a lovely occasion. It is a big moment for him, um, for his faith and everything. You know, he'll decide later what he wants to do. Uh, I'm not going to let that part rub off on him at this early of an age. But right now, for the most part, there is good structure. There's this, look, I believed in Santa Claus, believed in the Tooth Fairy and all that shit when I was, you know, young. You know, for, for him to figure it out later, right? London had his first communion in the pandemic, so that kind of sucked, you know, but it was a good thing. I'm starting to get to know my kids' friends' parents more. My wife is all in with them, but as you guys may know, I'm a little more, you know, busy, so I'm involved in the kids' lives, 100%, but some of the extracurricular activities with the kids' parents, I don't know. I know, you know, they're best friends' parents, of course, because they do sleepovers and, you know, all stuff like that, but... Uh, it's just a different thing. You know, we had a, a nice first communion brunch. It's a big deal for some people. It's a fucking huge deal. And, um, you know, we went to the Americana and you don't know, you know, I love the Americana. Shout out to Jake and Tony at the America, at the Crusoe group, sorry. But it was nice. It was a great day. And then, um, you know, what's crazy is right after we had, you know, a birthday party. And, um, you know, there's a lot of parents that listen to this show. Okay. So, you know, birthday parties are a little tough, uh, meaning, you know, you want to give your kid a great birthday party. It's an important thing, especially in their life. It's, it's you know, next to Christmas, it's probably the most important day to them, right? You, you want to make sure they get gifts and everything else. And it's like, it's a little different in our household. Let me explain. Our kids live a very privileged life. Uh, I don't think they're any better than anybody else. You know, our kids have, some of them have more struggles than the average person, um, there's things that I would, you know, not necessarily trade, but, you know, if it came between a choice of someone having certain health issues and certain things, you know, it's like, I mean, shit, you know, like kids are very resilient, but, you know, the, the fucking adversity is difficult at some of these ages. And, I'm, and obviously I'm talking about London more so than anybody. So, you know, when you have these kids' B-days, you know, you got to compete sometimes. Sometimes, you know, school might have two kids or sharing the same weekend. It's, you know, it's common. Um, there's three different kids. So there's kids that have different views. Sometimes, you know, Nick had to go to one birthday party with Kaya, and I had to go to the other with London and Ryder. And things are happening, you know, and it's like, there's gifts, there's this. Who do you give this person this and what? And, okay, you get a gift card for this. And it's just like this pre fucking teacher appreciation day. There's this, there's this, there's... 
you know, the teachers get gifts. There's charities every quarter. There's, okay, can you, you know, I don't want to bother my friends. No matter how close I am, I'm in a different position than anybody else. I used to ask my homies, all my rich homies are successful. I'd be like, yo, hey, my kids have this thing. Can you sponsor them in class? I don't want to do that anymore. I just don't. Even, even though they got it, I just don't, don't want to bother anybody. So I sponsored the events. And I probably bring in more than anyone else was going to give them. So when it comes to birthdays, I don't want my kids to ask for gifts. They don't need to. Shit's expensive as it is. I don't want to give my kids, friends, parents any more trouble or any hardship at all. It's a tough society and things are different. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, this year, I will say that now that, I mean, as far as I know, you know, ain't no fucking restriction for real as far as, you know, um, COVID goes. And we ain't going to get into that. But Ryder's birthday will probably be the most lit. And he's had some really sick birthday parties. Ryder's birthday is probably going to be the most lit he's had since his first birthday. Kaya, same thing. London, same thing. And they've all had good birthday parties. Last year, London had his birthday party at Magic Mountain. It was cool, but I'm saying this year we're doing a little bit different. And uh, we're not accepting gifts from anybody. And I've been to some of these kids' parents' houses. And a lot of their houses we've been to have been real nice fucking homes. Which sidebar brings me to real estate is so fucked up right now that I live in a really small lot. And I know I could be a little unappreciative of where I am in life, but it's because I demand more for what I'm paying. And for the amount of money that I'm paying, I should have six acres. You know, I, I could have, I'm sorry, I should. I could have six acres in... 46 states shit yeah 46 maybe 48 states i should have six acres of fucking land on a 12,000 square foot house right i'm sorry a 12,000 square foot house on six acres of land a real compound for that money my main house is worth okay so you know these kids parents do well but they work hard and i don't want another headache i just want the kids to show up Maybe pay for their parking and I'll take care of the rest. Speaking of which, if you super follow me on Twitter, right, which is I think $3, right, a month or whatever it is, not very much. Um, I am setting some things up. We're going to have some cool ass shit. I obviously interact with you 10 times faster if you are a super follower. And the 95 or better chance percent that I follow you back. And I should be following everyone. I just haven't got to everyone yet. So if you are super following me and I don't follow you, hit me. On that super follow, I'm going to see you in a different space on my uh, notifications. So um, I am planning a meet and greet that, uh, you know, will entail uh, meeting up at Dave & Buster's, hanging out. Uh, if it's just like 10 heads, I'll take care of the power cards. If it's not, you guys take care of the power cards. I will take care of the food. I will take care of the gratuity. We will kick it. We have a little area to hang out in. We're going to have fucking fun and everything. And I'll set up some type of prize. We'll all start off with zero when it comes to power cards. I will use one with the zero on it. And whatever, whoever gets the most tickets wins something in the winner's circle. And that sounds lit because I just used my DMB black card. And that's Dan Buster's my black card. And that shit was dope. By the way, um, yesterday, uh, speaking, it's very early in the morning right now. It's 5 a.m. I uh, missed out on two different things. Dave Chappelle, uh, Friday night at the Hollywood Bowl. And then there was a private event for Dave Chappelle and Buster Rhymes for their new tour Dave and Busta's, and uh, it is actually they have actually have a uh, you know partnership with Dave and Busters. So uh, over the weekend, 
I was able to use my DMB Black card. Again, shout out to my boy Popeye Vasquez at the Playgroup and Dave and Buster's Corporation. It was fucking incredible. Just pulling out that black card, such a flex. And people are like, the fuck is that guy got? And you know, like my kids have wristbands. My daughter has a lanyard. Um, you know, there's whatever kind of contraption you could use to, to use as a power card. We've used it. I've always carried a power card just because it was easier than the bracelet if I had to put it in my wallet. And now with this black card, it just makes things so much sicker. Over the weekend, uh, me and Nicolette were fortunate to have a day without the kids. It's very rare. Just so we can spend some time, focus and chill and kick it. We watched a movie called Deep Waters and it was fucking toxic as fuck. Don't need to really talk much about the, also about the movie, but we decided to have a cheat day. Still inside our intermittent fasting, Nick is very still pretty good about what she eats. And we ate at Wiener Stencil. We postmated it, but let me tell you, there was a point in time where I loved Wiener Schnitzel. Wiener Schnitzel on Crenshaw, on the Shaw, right there, just past Coliseum, or pretty much on the corner of Coliseum and Crenshaw, right on the strip is where Cocky Riders, my motorcycle club, was. our clubhouse was right there pretty much. That was the meetup spot before bike night and all the crazy shit that we would do. And I would fucking go crazy. I, would, I love chili cheese dogs from there. The chili cheese fries are some of my favorite chili cheese fries from any fast food establishment. Fat burger is the best period, but I had wiener schnitzel and I had already ate a lot this weekend and uh, that day especially. So I had a corn dog, two chili cheese dogs and chili cheese fries. And I'm going to tell you this right now. It is 5 a.m. Monday and I'm praying to God because I'm headed very soon to the George Lopez, you know, celebrity golf classic. I don't want to have bubble guts for this shit. And that was Saturday night that I had that shit at like 7 p.m. I am, I've been fucked up since. Okay. So, I'm fucking believable. Just letting you know. Yeah, the bubble guts, it sucks. Uh, YG, yes, YG 400, not YG um, Yang from uh, YG Entertainment in Korea, K-pop world. YG, the gangster, the blood, uh, West Coast rapper, asked me, to make a star cameo appearance in his next video. I told him I'd show up on Saturday night. And then my wife told me last minute that the kids were going to stay at our in-laws and we had some time to kick it. And we don't get much time to really have by ourselves. So I had to flake on YG and he brought it up, not me, but this is the fifth time <laughs> He's asked me in 11 years to be in a music video, and then I haven't made up. I just, man, I have to do the next one with him. I just don't know even what to say. It's just crazy. But YG uh, and me have a collaboration coming out with some shoes. You know, he's got them 400 uh, Cortez kicks. They're, they're sick. Um, pray to God, just don't, you know what? I'm not even going to fucking give that ammo. Uh, but yeah, YG, I, I'm sorry. I don't know what to say. Um, Yuga Labs, Board Ape, you know, Yacht Club. Is it Board Ape Yacht Club? It is, right? B-A-Y-C. Yeah. So I guess they pissed a ton of people in their world, or the fuck you want to call it, their Discord, their whole community. And they probably have the largest community in the metaverse, right? I would assume they're probably bigger than, than Gary Vee or whatever it is. And, you know, they're like the big, they're the fucking modern day, you know, the fucking Oak Hill Academy, um, the Calabasas Golden State Warriors of fucking, you know, NFTs. 
right? And they had this drop where you could buy real estate, right? Virtual real estate in the metaverse and this little thing called the other side. And it was this big thing with ape and you see fucking, you know, the, the ape coin went up crazy. It was up to like fucking, what is almost 30 bucks maybe? I don't remember. And that shit is tanked right now. It's at fucking $15, $16 or whatever. And I guess all because of super high gas fees. I don't know the extent exactly. I just knew it was going to be a shit show and I wasn't preying upon it. I was just like, yo, you know what? People don't realize that even on the highest level in the metaverse, shit goes wrong and gas prices get fucked up and everything. For those of you who are not crypto, you know, uh, fluent, you probably don't have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. So I'll keep this short. This is the top tier level in the NFT world. So like people to be upset about some things getting fucked up, that's human nature. So imagine how toxic shit is in the Ben Bar blockchain world, right? Which is crazy because people at Yuga Labs, you know, they made apologies, they did whatever they can, they're trying to refund gas fees, whatever, they're trying to do what they can. And like, you got the people out there saying at the top of the chain, like, hey, listen, for all you fucking people who minted this, it, you know, got an airdrop and blah, blah, whatever, we've made hundreds of thousand dollars, we've become rich. Now, you know, let's say you work at an office building making $20 an hour, Maybe $100,000 is rich. I don't, I don't know. You know, and even in today's society, I don't know, depending on what city you live in. If you live in New York, in the state, or California state, I don't, I don't know if that's, you know, rich. But to make it off of, you know, basically NFTs, you know, I guess, okay. And he's like, you unappreciative fucking people, blah, blah, whatever. Understand that a shit ton majority, a major majority, right, you guys realize 51% would be a majority, right? Major majority would be a lot more than that. Of people in that Board API Club community did not get to mint their fucking NFTs, you know, meaning they didn't get them for whatever the mint price was. People didn't get them airdropped. So people in there trying to make money, and that's what they're in there for, they're fucking pissed. So you got to have some empathy for those people because they are the majority rule. So there's people in the OG community that made it, there's other people, whatever. Look, it is a shit show. I knew it was going to be, and that's on the top tier. And again, it's a different level when you're dealing with that type of shit. So imagine, you know, the situation that I'm dealing with, but I don't have the pull and play. And again, if I acted like conductor and went in and spent all my fucking time away from my kids and everybody else, now, maybe if the level of ownership would have been different shit, possibly, that's not what I came in it for. One, number two, I know also come in it for money. That was never the case. Again, a rug pull is happening by someone who has control. You ain't got no control. It ain't no person pulling a rug who has no control. There is a failure that can happen, but there's also, you know, uh, differences. And if you look at track records and you look at, you know, what people are doing in that space, I'll say that much right there. I don't need to say anything else. But it's just funny that the Yuga Labs thing kind of blew up in their face and whatever. I don't hate them, I'm just being real. Now, you got people who I see from all ages, from, I hear it, it's people say, oh, how do you know what teenagers are doing? You know what? I got nieces nephews, we got a lot of friends, kids, you know, God kids, 
that range in all types of ages. And you see kids who are 25, 23, and I'm sorry, they, they should be called adults, but some don't behave as them. Some still live at home, whatever reason it is. And they'll be like, yo, man, you know, man, you be acting like a high school kid. Stop acting high school, you know what I'm saying? Like, you be talking about this, this, and this. Understand, if I'm talking about somebody, I will talk about that person in front of them. Okay? I do as I please behind closed doors and will do the same in front of people. My wife, totally different person. She is like just different. And I get it, that's it. We don't have to be the same. She doesn't understand that sometimes. And she doesn't realize we've been together this long because of that. But there are grown-ass adults in their 70s, in their 80s, 50s, 60s, 40s, you name it, that gossip and talk behind people's backs. This shit has not got anything to fucking do with high school behavior. It is just human nature. Some people say, oh, now I don't talk. Good, good for you. You don't talk behind people's back. Good for you. I talk about whatever comes to mind. Is it the top topic in my mind? No, it is not. All of a sudden, if I do, though, people think it is. And again, let me reiterate my statement. I will talk shit about you to the left, right, front, back of you. It don't matter. Okay? Now, let me say this before we get into the commercial break. If something is important and you need to reach me, you should always call me. Okay? If it is super fucking important and you know where I'm at at that moment, sure, drive up and tell me in person. Okay, a phone call though is pretty good. And you don't need to tell me in person that somebody died. I'd rather hear about it faster on the phone. Okay, but if something is very important, you call me. If you text me, I'm going to immediately assume it is not that important. Okay, if you can't talk and it's extremely important, then it's just an unfortunate situation that the only way you could send it to me was through a text. Your phone is dying and that's the fastest way to send a voice message, boom, still ain't gonna be the same, okay? If I'm in a meeting and I'm busy or I'm teaching my kids, you know, something like how to ride a bike or fucking how to cook something, whatever it may be, I'm in the movies, whatever that I could be doing that's important, I'm gonna see a missed call, an attempted call, a voicemail, something, and know that you made a real attempt to reach out to me, okay? And because I haven't changed my number in two years, the longest I've had a phone number in 20 years, FYI. This is the longest I have not changed my number due to the pandemic, right? And my banking and shit like that. So because of that, I'm at over a thousand unread text messages again, over a thousand. Okay? And yes, in those unread messages, there are some important messages possibly important to them, maybe possibly important to me. There are people in those messages that owe me money and I still can't get back to them. All right. I'm not talking about, you know, being outside some nightclub and I'm trying to get a hold of some day party and be like, yo, yo, it's Ben, can you get me in? What's up, man? I can't get it. I'm not 25 years old. I'm not 21. I'm not trying to get in no club fuck you talking about okay it ain't that important okay guess what email me instead then it ain't that important text me you want to shoot the shit text me cool whatever sure oh you're on a plane you can't talk okay don't call sure but if i owe you money and you're on a plane it's not important trust me you're gonna try to call you and try to figure something out all right 
Now, if you don't have my phone number, sending a DM, sending whatever, some ways that's that's just the, the most important. The cool, if I happen happen to come across it, cool. But if you have my phone number, then chances are I don't mind a phone call from you. Now, if you don't want somebody to call you, they shouldn't have your fucking phone number. What's the fucking purpose of them having your number? Give them your email address and don't feel bad about it. That's just what the fuck it is. All right, all right, guys. Miles, throw on some music, man. And um, I need to get my ass in shape, man. I need to get the fuck. We, we're going to Miami for Jordan's bachelor party. Like, I need to get fucking right. Uh, yeah, you hear what you hear right there is the sounds of my man Lakey, uh, at Lakey, at Lakey inspired. I wasn't gonna, I was gonna say Lakey Lake, but you know what? He just wants to be Lakey, right? He could be Lakey Lake on the fucking podcast. Fuck that. But he wants to be known as Lakey. We're gonna get in these commercials real quick. We'll be right back, y'all. What's up, guys? May is here, which means NBA playoffs. NHL playoffs, soccer, MLB, and UFC are in full effect. You all know that when I bet, I only do so at mybookie.ag. It's time for you to shoot your shot and score big on the nonstop action with mybookie. Predict winners and get paid. Simple. Sign up today with MyBookie and use promo code BENBALLER to make your first deposit. UFC 274 is live this Saturday night, and you can wager on all the fights in any style you want, including parlays and live bets. My bankroll is up two and a half times what it was by taking captain picks and using MyBookie, so that's something to think about, Okay. Cash tickets with me at mybookie.ag using promo code BENBALLER. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with mybookie. BTB Army, I have told you before and I will tell you again, you need to have your money working for you. You could have your dollars tied up in all types of investments, But if you are a sports fan, and especially if you are a sports gambler, you need to be rolling with us at Captain Picks. Honestly, we make it so easy for you that you don't need to do anything. You don't even need to know anything about sports to win on the daily, and that's no cap. Our expert captains lead our community of winners every single day in sports all around the world. Why are we the best? Because we care. We care about your winnings. We care about your time. We care about dominating and making it fun. Make friends and stack wins. No community in the industry is more knowledgeable. At CaptainPicks.com, we have experts making picks in NBA and NHL playoffs, worldwide soccer leagues, NFL football, MLB parlays, live stats, UFC, even rugby, and a lot more. Make money while you work. Make money while you sleep. I have been a sports gambler for decades, and our captains have been at this for decades as well. Just because sports gambling is suddenly legal all over the United States and around the world does not mean that we aren't new to this. We are true to this. Okay, don't never forget that. 
Join us today on the daily, weekly, or monthly packages. If you get the secure recurring subscriptions, there are savings available. Watch your bankroll go up. If you need to start slow, get the daily or weekly with promo code CASHIT, C-A-S-H-I-T, for the buy one, get one free daily or weekly. CaptainPicks.com, break your bookie's bankroll. Just wanted to say again, let me just, we are so far away from being in a perfect Web3 world. Like not even 1% of the world is even in crypto, all right? That's just to let you know, there is a long way to go. And as many people have made millions off of fucking board Apes, look, man, and I'm talking about people who haven't even minted. It's people who have not, have lost their asses, okay? So you want to be mad, be mad, whatever the fuck it is, all right? Let's talk about this NFL draft, right? Now, uh, number one pick, who gives a fuck, okay? I already know what the fuck number one pick was going to be. Let me tell you, I'm not going to be talking about anybody else's teams. You already know what the fuck this is going, okay? But the overall vibe of how I felt about this, you know, they made this big, they fucking Vegas, all that shit. Look, the thing that sticks out in my mind more than anything about this NFL draft, especially the first round, because that's where the big things came out, is that these guys are dressed the worst of any NFL class ever. It's crazy that not one person decided just to come classic. Let me just come in a really clean gray suit and come in a navy suit. Let me come in a fucking tux. Every single person in the first round had the worst stylist ever. Fire them. Okay? When you're not sure, keep it fucking classic, please. Now, the other thing that killed me was Malik Willis did not get drafted in the first, second round, right? Malik Willis was drafted in the third round by the Tennessee Titans. And I want to go over these Seahawks picks real quick, right? Because for the most part, I actually liked the nine picks except for the running back. And now there's people out there saying, hey, well, you know, fucking Chris Carson isn't running the same way. They don't know about his neck and blah, blah. I ain't talking about Chris Carson, okay? I gave up on Chris a long time ago. Injury or not, I gave up on dude a long time ago. The last time I fucked with Chris Carson was maybe the first season of this podcast when we had Quentin Jefferson on here. He was talking about Chris Carson runs hard. I was like, all right, cool. Now, look, you know, we got Penny, and some people are like, oh, you know, in this in this world, you need two running backs. And that, that's true, okay, to a certain extent. Okay, I, I get it, all right? But we'll get him in a second. Let, let's start off with Charles Cross, offensive tackle, Mississippi State. Dude is an animal. We needed him. First round, pick number nine, Charles Cross. Again, I know I just repeated that, but 6'5", 307 pounds, dude is a beast. I think he's going to be a fucking asset to us, and I'm fucking excited. Hope he comes out. Stylist needs to be fired. Fucking terrible. The overall sentiment of what I felt like is that we've beefed the fuck up of our, on, on our offensive line, and we don't have Russ. How about we don't even have a fucking QB1 right now? Because as it stands, right, Geno Smith is probably our QB1. Because definitely not Drew Locke. From watching the film, watching anything else that doesn't know the offense, doesn't sound like it's going to happen. Okay, now in the second round, we picked up Boy Mafe, 
I don't know if I fucked up his name, but boy, Mafe, whatever. Now, 6'4", 261 pounds, right? Linebacker. Dude is a beast. Watch the highlights. Watch the things that, you know, he did. Look, think we need him. We ain't got B-Wags. All right, cool. Hopefully this motherfucker is the man. I think it's a solid pick. I think that we might be all right with dude, okay? In this new offense that we aren't doing cover fucking three in. Who fucking knows? Now in the second round, again, in the 41st pick, this is the one that I think is questionable. We picked up Kenneth Walker, the third, who, you know, is supposed to be a really, really good running back. Five foot nine, 211 pounds. Not crazy about his size at all whatsoever. Dude is supposedly a beast. And, you know, one thing that fucking Pete loves to do is run the fucking ball. All right? Hey, this is the season where he's like, yo, man, let them fucking do what they got to do. You know, my father-in-law, he disagrees. He thinks it was a good pick. I don't fucking know. And then again, that was the only one that I was just questionable about. Okay? Third round, 72nd pick, Abraham Lucas, offensive tackle from Wazoo. Right? 6'6", 315 pounds. Motherfucker's a beast. Again, you know, good dude. Now, in the fourth round, this is my favorite pick, right? And though probably Cross is probably the most solid pick, but this was my favorite pick out of all nine draft picks. Kobe Bryant, corner, out of Cincy. I love this dude. 6'1", 193 pounds. Was named after Kobe Bryant. Spells his name C-O-B-Y, Right? And some weird ass shit. Anyone who's a real super psycho stalker of mine, if you are a super insane stalker, I don't think there might be someone at that level yet that listens to the show. But if you do, you'll understand why that's a fucking weird thing with this dude's name. But dude grew up being a huge fucking fan of LOB. So let's fucking go. I think dude is going to start immediately, you know, he uh, he played opposite of Sauce Gardner, and uh, it is crazy. You know, I think that on that first third round pick, uh, not the fourth round, I'm saying we should have picked up Malik Willis. It's just fucking just weird. And there's a few other people we could have fucking picked up, cornerbacks, whatever. Fifth round, Tweak Woolen at UTSA, six four, two hundred five pounds. Dude is, you know, he's lit. Um, like that is really, you know, something we needed. So I'm hyped. Fifth round, 158th pick, Tyreek Smith, edge, backer, 6'3", 254 pounds. Again, good pick. I'm hyped. We need a dude, okay? Seventh round, we picked up Bo Melton out of Rutgers, 5'9", 189 pounds. I know that the wide receivers are getting shorter here and there, whatever. I am definitely about that DK Metcalf shit. When you got dudes who are real tall and everything else on the CB level, look, I don't know, man, you know, and I don't know much about dude, but, you know, okay, great, we we needed a wide receiver there, I felt like, you know, the pick could have went somewhere else, Tyler Lockett was just being very positive, everyone keeps thinking, like, oh, Tyler Coe says this, Tyler Lockett is a very positive person, okay, let's see what he can do, I don't know, you know, um, seventh round, 233rd pick, Derek, or Derek A, Derek Young, wide receiver, out of Lenore Ryan uh, University, 6'3", 220, young cat, don't know much, didn't watch any of his shit, but he got four touchdowns, I just, he was the final pick, you know, seventh round, it, fuck it, right, I, I don't know, still feel like we could fucking pick something else up, but those are nine picks, 
Overall, only one was I pissed about was kind of the running back. But let's fucking go. You know, I'm fucking hyped. I was supposed to be at VMAC, Virginia Mason Athletic Center, for the second round draft pick party at the Seahawks organization. Uh, they invited me. I had too much shit going on. I had, you know, way too many things. I couldn't have made it to writers. First communion would have been impossible. So it is what it is. NBA playoffs have started, and we are in the conference semifinals now, right? And two teams out of the four, well, I'm sorry, two games, two series have played out of the four in the conference semifinals. And I was just thinking right now, I'm being honest, the worst possible scenario for me, I'm just talking about, you know, box office tickets, excitability. No, that's not a word. I'm just saying for the fans, Milwaukee versus Phoenix is going to be the worst scenario. People don't want to watch that shit. Oh, fucking well, shut the fuck up. No, you're not from Wisconsin, okay? And you're from Phoenix, I get it. Doesn't matter. I'm not trying to hear it. No, it's not. Fuck that. Not the way this shit is going, all right? You're watching all the fucking shit. You know where the boring shit is at. Or Miami versus Phoenix. Nobody wants to see those two motherfucking teams play. Out of the choices, okay, there's no other choice. Cool. Nobody wants to see those two fucking series. And Phoenix is in both of them. I don't want to see Phoenix in the fucking finals. Prior to this fucking series with fucking Booker Hurt, whatever, blah, blah, and the fucking world, the, the fucking Flamingos, you know, the Flamingos, yeah, I know they're the Pelicans, exposed Phoenix. Showed them what time it is. Showed them that the jig was hovering. Shout out to my boy Cuffs, the legend. Um, that to me is the worst scenario for this NBA finals, if that's what happens, okay? Milwaukee, their team, what they're doing, what their team is, okay? And, you know, Drew Holiday and fucking Brooke Lopez are alma maters of my kid's school, right? So it should be more, you know, um, enthusiastic and supportive, but nah. Milwaukee Bucks is what fundamental straight basketball is. It's what my coach in the 90s or 1990s decade, that, that decade of coaches would have wanted, in the 80s too and 70s, they would have wanted that, that true fundamentally sound ball. Nothing exciting, Right? They know how to do the matchups or anything else. But the whole, you know, NBA is about matchups. You know, you, you don't match up right, boom, whatever. Fuck off. Fuck you. I don't want to see no motherfucking Milwaukee fucking Bucks in the fucking finals, okay? I don't give a fuck what you say. Now, my dream finals will be Memphis and Philly, Memphis and Boston. I wouldn't mind Memphis and Miami. I just don't give a fuck about the Heat. All right? Now, Golden State versus Boston would be lit. I would accept Milwaukee Bucks if it ended up against GSW. Okay? I wouldn't mind Miami if it was against GSW. But my top picks, my top three NBA final scenarios would be GSW versus Boston, Memphis versus Boston, and Philly versus either Memphis or GSW. That would be four scenarios. Go fuck yourself, okay? But um, I don't know. We're going to see what the deal is after this Miami game tomorrow. I'm sorry, today, tonight. Fucking rattled off the fucking time. No coffee because intermittent fasting. That's when we're going to see what the deal is, right? 
Now, Milwaukee versus Boston, it don't look good for Boston right now, and it's disappointing. Now, Golden State and Memphis, I never thought Memphis had a chance to be here, and so I don't know. Now, Golden State won without Draymond. That was one of the biggest bullshit calls. Now, I don't think it wasn't a flagrant foul because you shouldn't be holding the fucking jersey on the neck here and there, but to be kicked out, that's kind of crazy, right? And they won without him. Home field advantage, whatever the fuck you want to call it. I think, um, I don't know. Could be a battle every game, though. And then they could lose four. They could be swept. Still be a battle. Very close. Okay. Phoenix, Dallas. Don't give a fuck about that series. Don't care to watch any of it. But I probably will, regardless. If Dallas wins out of that fucking Phoenix, then I'll be excited. Then, then I'll probably pay more attention to Dallas. Okay. But, you know, ideally, I'd love to see Boston again go against GSW or Memphis. You know, we'll see. But situation Miami and Philly, all I need to see is that one game to kind of know where my energy is going. But for the most part, I'm kind of like 60-40 right now with the, the playoffs. That's basically what I've been doing. But, you know, I, and I'm not giving up. The finals should be pretty lit. You know, um, I think it's going to be dope. And, uh, you know, baseball's still here. My boy Jock Peterson just got in town. The Giants play against the Dodgers today. They play tomorrow and Wednesday. I don't know if I'm going to make it to one of the games. I want to. But I definitely am going to do a Dust Brothers, Captains, Ben Baller, San Francisco trip. So we can go ahead to Oracle, check out a game. Maybe we'll see him play the Mets if they play the Mets. I got to check out a schedule. But we got to do this little, we got to do some shit. Because uh, there's too many things that have not happened with the Dust Brothers. And, and I need to see my bros more. Because pre-pandemic, we was doing a lot of fucking chilling. And a lot of Mendocino, not so fried chicken sandwiches with that fucking barbecue sauce that is so goddamn good. As far as shit that I've been watching... Tokyo Vice, this latest episode was fucking off the chain. Everyone went left. This motherfucking thing is starting to pay off. Episode before, that was really good. This episode was fucking crazy. Now, for those of you who really know me, you know I'm partial when it comes to Japan, when it comes to Tokyo City, when it comes to Yakuza. And any kind of gangster shit, let alone Yakuza, you already know. I'm just impressed that fucking Baby Driver really is behind this thing. It's just fucking crazy. Okay. Um, there was a documentary that I recorded called Rich and Shameless. And the first series is Joe Francis. And let me fucking tell you guys. Okay. Now, if you are... If you were at least 13 in like 1999, I want to say, was it in the mid-90s? Was it? I feel like it was right around, like their heyday was, let's just say you were 13 in 1999. If you were at least that old, you're going to remember Girls Gone Wild. Girls Gone Wild was a fucking infomercial that played late at night, usually on cable channels here and there, and it became a phenomenon. Joe Francis is a scumbag, piece of shit, dirtbag, cocksucker, motherfucker, shit sucker, right? Entitled, spoiled, punk kid. I don't give a fuck if he was from fucking Idaho or where the fuck he was. He was in a boarding school and uh, made all his money himself, whatever. Hey, he was a genius when it came to, you know, 
understanding a market, but at the same time, he was a complete, total dirtbag, piece of shit, loser, scumbag, shit sucker, fuck dick, cock bitch, okay? And the fuck knows. This dude took advantage of girls, someone's daughters, someone's girlfriends, all that stuff, and be like, oh, you know, whatever. No, fuck that. I'm not with all that punk shit, okay? So there was like, basically, this was a documentary interviewing ex-employees, guys who took, you know, people who knew him, all right? And this motherfucker's out, chilling in Mexico somewhere, you know, living his best Roman Polanski life, and um, it was crazy, you know, because I used to see this dude out all the time. I'd see him at all the clubs I was at. He's dated four girls that I know. Obviously, those four girls are famous and just happens to be that I know them because we all hung up and fucking kicked it together. But um, dude was always a piece of shit. I never shook dude's hand. Never was like, oh, hey, what's up? Boom. Happened to be, you know, at the same place with them. Um, been at house parties and all this other shit. You know what? Dude deserves every fucking thing coming to him. All the karma now. He don't got his kids, right? He has two kids that he can't see, whatever, and he's just a piece of shit. I don't know if he's still rich. I'm sure he is, but... Piece of shit, 100% cocksucker. Even if you weren't 13 years old in 1999, watch the fucking, if you can watch it, I don't think you can. I, I had to um, watch right after the NBA playoffs. Uh, Rich and Shameless, Girls Gone Wild. Um, Magic Johnson documentary. Must see TV. Very difficult for me to watch a basketball documentary now about somebody because The Last Dance was so fucking good. It was so fucking good because I grew up in that Michael Jordan era and was more basketball fluent in that era than I was in Magic. But Magic, I was a much more bigger fan of. Remember, I am from LA, obviously. Okay, don't get it fucked up. Don't ever get another Seattle Seahawks shit fucked up. That happened by a random shot of me living, owning property, and owning a business in Seattle, right? Magic Johnson, to me, is the greatest basketball player of all time. Hands down, period. Got to see dude as a rookie. Watch him on TV the whole night. I watched his entire fucking career. I got pulled over. Was it my sophomore year in college? Driving to UC Davis because I just was a ringer in a wrestling match for the state finals okay, at SF State and drove straight from there to fucking UC Davis to catch up with my basketball team and got pulled over doing 100 miles per hour in a Honda Prelude and I forgot where the fuck I was somewhere in the 707 area code and the cop asked me what the fuck is this after I gave him my driver's license because Magic had just announced he had HIV and I was so fucking hurt by it that I covered my driver's license picture with a picture of Magic Johnson. And it was perfect because it was like I cut out the exact size of his face, high-res image from Sports Illustrated. I taped it closely onto my driver's license so it looked like, you know what I'm saying, the guy was like, what the fuck was this? And it was crazy, it was a fucking black cop. It was a black CHP officer that pulled me over. Anyways, I've only watched the first two episodes of this documentary. It is on Apple Plus TV. 
It is fucking amazing. It's incredible. All the music, flashbacks, Parliament Funkadelic, all that shit. And I always knew he was a big Earth, Wind & Fire, all that music shit. He's seen the other side of the team that I never knew about. Because Winning Time, I stopped watching. Couldn't watch it anymore. Some people loved it, whatever. I just couldn't vibe with that. Couldn't rock with it anymore. I don't know what it was. I'm going to try to watch it again because it is the Lakers. But something just threw me the fuck off about that show. Something threw me off. But this documentary real as it gets and watching the real insight about magic fucking incredible because this dude really brought showtime he changed the franchise different era than all this fuck shit going on now in the nba okay now other thing that's even worth watching is a television show called the offer which is a tv series a reenactment of what it was like making the godfather uh miles teller's in it and uh, it is on Paramount+. Plus. This is highly recommended by Jordan Winter of the Dust Brothers. I have not watched it yet, but I've heard nothing but great things about this show. All right? Um, but yo, guys, that is it. I got to get ready. I got to get the car washed. And then I need to head to the George Lopez 15th or 16th annual golf classic. I have not seen George in a while. We haven't talked. Uh, actually, not that long ago. But uh, I am excited. I usually don't have a problem with hitting, teeing off in front of other people. Uh, I did it fine on the, you know, the last thing, but it's been six months since then, and I've had now six months of golf lessons. Have just under twenty hours of golf play under my belt, and uh, I'm actually nervous as shit. So um, I'm trying to get that shit cracking. Uh, I have all the fundamentals down. I got the mechanics down. Now it's just my nerves. Shout out to the homie at Roger Dunn uh, Golf Store who listens to the podcast. That was a very nice, pleasant surprise. And the last thing about golf, my son London has made the golf team at his school. It's fucking so dope. Um, I took him to his practice on Friday. It was fucking just, it was amazing to watch. And I'm just really hope that London can stick with this. It is just, would be fucking incredible. It's like one of the things that we have been able to share. I don't play Roblox, right? So other than that, there's some food and there's some movies we can share. But like, Father-son moments haven't been as, as, you know, super close other than they have been with me and Kai or me and Ryder. So this golf thing is like, this can change everything because I got the bug worse than anybody, right? So um, shout out to TaylorMade Golf, obviously Mike over there. Um, can't wait to go to the fucking facility and get fitted. It is a, a fucking honor to be fitted by the same people as Tiger's been fitted. Shout out to my agents, obviously Matt Davis, uh, XL Sports Agency. Andrew Kipper, you know, Kipper is, pff, man. Uh, shout out to Maubon Golf. Steven, if it wasn't for you, uh, I would not have my coach, Rondell Barrio, a.k.a. the real Roy McAvoy, the guy who trained Kevin Costner for the movie Tin Cup. Uh, Ron, you are a fucking legend. Other than my elbow being straight, obviously you've got me at, to a whole different place, right? And I'm just, I'm just so fucking honored to fucking be hitting fucking 20 over par you know what i'm saying um in such a short amount of time i i just can't thank you enough but i thank the btb army more than anything on the earth because you guys motivate me and drive me to really get this shit popping i might have a guest this week and i still have some interviews in the queue that we haven't got to but i am not forgetting it is may sorry i should have said that in the fucking beginning we are in the month of may guys happy may 2nd this is some fucking crazy shit i have 
So much that we got to do because we are aiming to launch video this month. And I'll just explain that to you guys later. Possibly going to have to go to one episode a week because doing two episodes a week video was going to be virtually impossible to get it edited in time. Obviously, the audio sound part will be before, but uh, I'm excited. I am very excited. We are going to move quickly. But again, BTB Army, I appreciate you guys. Make it a great day. Make it a great week. Be a better person you are today than you were yesterday. Try to be better tomorrow than you were today. Does that make sense? Okay, this is not your practice life. No matter how much practice you do, life is not about practice. Life is about living, right? And I love you guys. Thank you so much. Shout out to Legal Cartel always for the theme song. Um, I don't think we change theme songs anytime soon. I love the song too fucking much. And I love Lakey and I love the Dust Brothers. I love you guys. We are out of here, y'all. I will see you on Thursday. Peace.